This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. Steve Buchanan with my co-host Julian Edlow on a very somber November 1st. Week 8 will go down. It's very fitting that it was on Halloween. Let me move my microphone over. It's very fitting that it was on Halloween because it was an absolute bloodbath. And I, I, don't, I don't use that term loosely. I don't use that term often. It was an absolute bloodbath. Like we may, you know, talk highly about the DraftKings Sportsbook and all that, but we're, we're trying to beat them, okay? We don't want them beating us. And they took the public's money with a smile on Halloween. It was all treats for the DraftKings Sportsbook, all tricks for all us public betters. The Bengals just ruining everybody's Halloween, whether you were in a survivor pool, uh, uh, betting on them, anything to do with the Bengals. Just an absolute devastating loss uh, for all. DFS, like everything. It, it was bad. And it wasn't even just that. Look at all the backup quarterbacks. I mean, the, the, the Saints beating the Buccaneers. Like that would have been a bigger story if the Bengals didn't just absolutely, you know, collapse. Questionable call on that game. You know, that, you know, didn't give the chance to get the Bengals the ball again. You know, that's, that's a hot topic here today, but a um, lot, lot, lot of, a uh, lot, lot of anger today, Julian. I, I think that would be putting eight, it uh, correctly. Eight underdogs won outright last week. Sorry. Eight, nine. Yeah. N- uh, nine covered eight, one um, going back to the Packers on Thursday night. Um, yeah. Not great. Not great. Um what was I going to say? I don't even remember what I was going to say. It was that bad. It probably was, was profanity, profanity late. So it, best if you keep that to yourself. Um, but yeah, just a bad day all, all, all around. Um, I, I, I like to think that we do rather well on this podcast. Uh, that was by far our worst uh, weekend in, in, uh, in, uh, in the NFL so far this season, week eight. Uh, we will be happy to put that behind us after these, this Giants and Chiefs game coming up later tonight. We'll get to that uh, in just a second. But let's get to tra- uh, cash it or trash it, and let's get prepared to uh, to throw a lot of that in the trash because that's exactly what happened in Week Eight. I'll just start right off the bat. I was uh, I was on the Bengals heavily. They were in the teasers. I had them on the spread. Um, it was just bad, man. Like it's you know I I, I even was. Uh, said on numerous shows that I would take that up to 13 and a half. Cause I truly believe that the Bengals were going to beat this team by multiple scores. It didn't happen. There was, you know, it didn't happen at all. Like the, the jets got out to that fast lead and just re- really never looked back. And, and again, like we talk about that questionable call, the, um, uh, the helmet to helmet that really wasn't a pretty weak call overall. And I'm not just saying that because I had, you know, uh, on the Bengals side, I mean, even people who were backing the Jets, which are, you know, few and far between, um, were in agreement that the call was, you know, pretty, you know, BS. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Bengals, 
just, you know, they came into this game, you know, four and three against the spread covering by an average of uh, over nine points. Um, that average has gone down dramatically <laughs> after that loss last week to the Jets who gets their, uh, their second win of the season. I am also a backer of uh, Jets under six wins. So that sneaky win uh, doesn't help, help help the cause either. So just a bad, bad week for the Jets to win overall. Yeah, um, I was on Bengals first half. I took the Bengals live minus oh, four and a right. half. Oh, that's right. Oh, my I took, God. I took the Bengals live minus four and a half. So when the Jets failed that two-point conversion to be down five, yeah, Bengals with the ball up five, four and a half minutes left, strong spot. First play, Joe Burrow interception. Um and then I had the Bengals money line as the last leg of my free play parlay that I yep. had going on. So that was the last one to catch that. So it was basically everything along the way with the Bengals for me personally that, uh, that didn't get there. So that hurt. And then um, once Dak was officially ruled out, doubled down on, uh, on the Vikings Sunday night, got Oof. good numbers, two and a half, three, um, closes four and a half, didn't get there. And we can keep trashing it. I got, you know, 10 to, I got 15 yards or so of closing line value on DeAndre Swift rushing no no Williams against the Eagles who allow a buck 33 and uh, on the ground ranked 29th 62 and a half on Kyle Pitts with Calvin Ridley ruled out it was like an NBA style slate of kind yeah. of betting off of injury news that we can't do much in NFL and none of the closing line value mattered so again I would make the decisions I made um again so that's how you have to look at it and live with it. Yep. Um, but amazingly, all of this value that kind of got scraped up on Sunday, none of it mattered. That Like a, every Jets backup quarterback for the last 10 years won a game yesterday. <laughs> and they even had the third string quarterback in the game at one point because White was knocked out for a couple of plays. So they had, you know, even him in there. I don't even know who it is. I, I get it. <clears throat> the only thing honest. I got right was my hot take on the sweat that Mike White would have the, ga- uh, the game of any Jets quarterback this season, starts off with two interceptions, winds up with 400 yards in the game-winning scores. And look what you did. Look what and you it started. Cost me, my hot take just cost me money. Right. And the hot take wins you zero dollars. It's just, Loses you know, for – Right. Much more it, than zero dollars. It's, e- it's an ego thing. Um, I was also um, on the idea that the Lions would get their first win against the Eagles that never even that was not not even close like what happened to the team that I saw against the Rams two weeks ago that was not happening that clearly shows me that that was all about playing against Matt Stafford is really what it comes down to because that was not even the same team that took the field against Philly and then funny story too about the uh, Swift line is uh, so they finally run in a touchdown late in the fourth quarter. I'm like, okay, good. At least we get something out of Swift. Oh, no, they, they benched him for the end of the fourth quarter. It was Jamar Jefferson. I was like, oh, my God. So now they finally score, and it's, you know, Jamar Jefferson. And I'm like, oh, my Lord. Like, just keeps going and going, uh, piling on. Just uh, really, really bad luck. But truly, like, and I, I want to make this perfectly clear. These weeks are going to happen. If you're new to betting, if you're new to daily fantasy, these weeks are going to happen. We talk about peaks and valleys a lot. Like this was the bottom. Okay. These types of weeks are going to happen. And I want to stress too, because, and you brought up this point too, and this is what made me want to say that is that the decision decisions you made going into Sunday that you would take them again, because the process that we do and the process that we go through uh, to make these decisions 
shouldn't change, right? You can't let one game uh, or one bad week deter you from everything else if you've been doing well. Because like I said, on this podcast, we've been doing fairly well. But these weeks are going to happen. Like you have to expect this. You have to be prepared for this. And this is why bankroll management is so important. <clears throat> so you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. Because imagine putting all your eggs in, 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 in this basket last week. Oh, you'd be done. You'd be done for. Now, thank God Robbie Ray is going to win the Cy Young this week. Because, I mean, that's going to help me out a lot. You know, anybody who took that, that's going to help you a lot. But these <clears throat> I need Jorge weeks, Soler to uh, cash World Series MVP this week. Now, I will say, I will say. Uh, good and bad on that real quick. And I, I don't want to get too off topic, but the good news is, is that now he has another game to do that. The bad news is that grand slam by Adam Duvall, that could tip the scale a little bit. If he does something big uh, uh, tomorrow in, in yep. game six, that, sure. that Solaire had his chance. Solaire had yep. chances in both games that um, Atlanta hasn't won to ha- have yep. a big, uh, or he at least had a big situation with men on base and failed both. Yep. So Solaire, I would say, was definitely running away with it until yesterday. Um, and I, I'm yeah. just trying to really bring it up here real fast. I know we're going way off topic now. Um, no, we're talking we're, about our MLB Hail Marys that we need to hit. I mean, yours is going to hit, but that we need to hit to, to get some money back. Um, so, so Solaire is still the favorite, followed by Freddie Freeman, followed by Adam Duvall, who are all really tight. What's the number together. on Solaire? Uh, six to one. All right, well. I'm in at 35 to one. So yeah, <laughs> you're doing all now right. We just need, now we just needed to, to get there, but a lead off home run in the world series and then the game winning home run in the home game. Like, yeah, man, it's just, it's just he needed one more knock. Maybe Again, it, as long as Duval doesn't do anything major in game six, I think you got it pretty much wrapped up. And um, we got the DH in Houston, which helps him. He came off the yep. bench for one of those home runs, but correct. I'm an Oracle uh, when it comes to world series MVP. So I knew that that would happen. Correct. So, um, you know, hoping some of these uh, MLB long shots help make up for the disasters week eight. Uh, but yeah. truly, Did you I, win I, a bet yesterday? Did you cash anything? No, I didn't. Okay, so you have no, enough, literally nothing to contribute to the cash it section. That's correct. The only thing yep. I have to contribute to the cash it section. Um, I did take the Patriots live at plus seven and a half, but I didn't put that on Twitter, so I don't get to count that. Um, the only play that I put out that won was uh, Bills minus six and a half at halftime. Scooped up the second half line. It was three to three. I felt that they would break out at home. They did break out at home. So one thing went the way that it it should. So I cashed something for the show. And for almost that entire game, that one was in a lot of danger too. Yeah, I mean, I got six and a half rather than the the real number. But no, sorry, I'm talking more about just like big public favorites. You know, like right. that was in very much danger, uh, really all the way up to the fourth quarter when uh, the Bills scored 16 in that in that quarter. It was just a, just such a strange, strange week. And then, you know, really no uh, um, surprise that it came on Halloween of all days. You know, the days of, mm-hmm. of, of mayhem, murder and blood. That's exactly what happened in week eight. Um, Freddy Krueger is haunting my dreams and it's just showing losing bet slips in my dreams. That's all I'm dreaming about. Um, as all right. right now. So uh, that is going to, do you have anything else for cash? It? I, I can't imagine you do. Do I what? Do you have anything else for cash? It? I can't imagine you do. Of course not. Okay. Let's get out of that section. Uh, let's talk about uh, something that maybe we can make some money on, uh, which is Monday night football tonight. Really interesting Hate game. This game. I do too, but it's I'm done. I'm almost, I mean, we'll give it, we'll, we'll give some thoughts here because it's our job. I'm done with week eight. I'm on to week nine. I love the week nine board that after we talk with Johnny Avello yeah. uh, for odds are with Johnny Avello, we'll talk about that because we've had a 
first of all, we should have even led the show with some of this stuff. What a Monday morning in the NFL. Um, Before we even get to Monday Night Football, Derrick Henry, foot surgery, potentially season ending, if not coming back around the playoffs and hobbled. Um, Rams go all in, trade more draft picks to add Von Miller to an Aaron Donald defensive front. Jalen Ramsey, that defense is going to be something else. And they have Stafford and the offense in place, it seems. Um, And on a week that the Bucs get a a divisional loss. And do you know who the Rams play next? Titans. I don't. Titans. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Titans. Um, (laughs) Exactly. So the two big headline teams, that one was six and a half, moved to seven. Yep. And it's now made the move to seven and a half as we record this on, on Monday afternoon. So that's going to keep rolling too. a full point. And especially with the Sunday, it's the Sunday night game. So right. Like, and we already know, so Henry's out that moved it from six and a half to seven. It was seven minus minus one twenty. Now it's seven and a half minus one ten. maybe even a little bit because Schefter already announced that Vaughn Miller, who sat on Sunday's win for the Broncos against Washington is playing in right. his game. Um, making his Rams debut. So a lot of NFL storylines. We have the trade deadline this week that'll contribute to things. Tomorrow. Uh, yep, on Tuesday. And um, God, it's a bad Monday morning for me. I keep forgetting what I want to say. Um, let's just get to let's just get to Monday night. But I'm on to. There's some teaser positions in Week Nine. Some money line Very spots. Some numbers really moving. So I think giving out plays today on Monday is is something that I'm going to do rather than even wait to Thursday because some of these are going to move. Well, let's just talk about the, this Monday game real quick. Um, yep. You know, the perception on the Chiefs could not be lower, but the public is... Wow. Uh, One more thing while we're... Sorry, I'm just... I'm looking ahead and we'll get there. But like da- a lot of books haven't even opened Dallas because the Dak situation against Denver, hosting Denver. But DK Sportsbook did have it up at seven. Now yep. with the whether it's the Vaughn Miller trade that Denver kind of showing their hands or or people thinking Dak's gonna play, that's now eight and a half. Yep. Like big moves on the board. So Go this Mon- Monday this night Monday night game, um, you know, the, the perception couldn't be lower on the Chiefs, uh, but the public has no problem backing them once again in this spot on the spread, which they're uh minus ten and a half favorites, 74% of the handle, 64% of the bets are on the Chiefs here <laughs> tonight. Uh, which obviously means that 26% of the handle, 36% of the bets are on the Giants to uh, uh, get 10 and a half points here. Uh, the over uh, is kind of the over under is split almost down the middle here. 54% of the handle on the over, 46% of the bets on uh, of the bets, and then 46, 54 flip that number there for the handle and bets on the under. And then, as you'd imagine, 91% of the bets, 80%, 87% of the handle on the Chiefs at minus 475. With the way that uh, this week has gone, uh, I would expect a Giants win by a blowout uh, because that's just how this week has gone. Um, where do you want to start here? Because, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I mean, this is a crap answer. I really don't want to take a side and I really don't know which side it is that I would want to take to give one because we should be giving one in this spot. But you look at this, just both teams, like obviously the giants remain banged up, you know, no Saquon Barkley, no Kenny Galladay, but the teams have been able to move downfield against the chiefs at ease. I mean, we just saw it last week with the Titans. 
they didn't even really need Derrick Henry to move down the field against this team. Like, should the Giants be able to do that? Yes. Are they going to be able to do that? I don't know. Because the Giants have been whole, you know, they can't get out of their own way. But 10 and a half for the Giants against this team that is just struggling. Like everybody keeps saying, this is the bounce back spot. This is the bounce back spot. Last week was supposed to be the bounce back spot against a really poor defense in the Titans. And they couldn't even score more than three points. Like this is such a tough game to figure out. And a lot of it probably has to do because I'm still so shell-shocked from last week, yesterday. Yeah, I think that, I mean, the Chiefs, this isn't a hot take. The Chiefs are going to bounce back and win this game. But, like, we're talking up over minus 500 on the money line right now. So, I don't know if you want to – is that even a piece? It's not a good teaser piece (laughs) in my mind at that number. It's a lot of juice for a money line parlay. Do you want to go back against the Jets with the Colts, another minus 500-type favorite on Thursday night? That doesn't even get you to, like, minus 250 range. So, now you're looking to add something on Sunday, and you're looking at, like, a three-day, three-leg money line parlay. It's just no good anything to me with this – spread it just the Chiefs are going to win the game um I don't know if they'll be able to do it convincingly enough or not they did smash Washington so they can certainly smash the Giants at home like I know underdogs are having a great week I would lean to the Chiefs here because the Chiefs aren't you know the Chiefs have more to prove and it's not the Bengals turned into the Bengals on Sunday yep once again at the end of that game but when it when it comes to the chiefs, like they actually, this is, they're not just coasting and it, it's a Monday night game against the giants. They have to do something here and, and, and rebound here. So I would lean to the chiefs. It's an okay prop game. Like I'm scrolling through. Do you have anything prop yeah. wise? Because both, I mean, the Kansas city passing defense is awful. Ranks 27th in yards per game at just over 275. Um, I'm looking up running. I, I, I like taking, I like taking the over pass rushing yards of Daniel Jones over 279 and a half. I think that's a very enticing number okay. uh, because we know that he's obviously uh, very willing to run the ball. We've seen him do it numerous times and do it well. Uh, you can definitely do that against this chiefs team. And, you know, even with the limited weapons, Jones hasn't been terrible when he's been throwing the ball. Uh, even to some of these guys, whether, you know, it's Tony or Shepard, because Shepard should be active for this game. Um, you know, he has a deep threat ability with uh, John Ross, who hasn't been getting a ton of uh, snaps, but he is that guy. We saw him a couple of weeks ago um, get one really long shot for a touchdown in the first game that he was active. But, you know, um, 203 against the um, the Panthers throwing last week, uh, 28 rushing yards. So, you know, not the best, but obviously that secondary is a lot better than the Chiefs. He's just going to be throwing in this game. Like, if you think that the, the Chiefs are going to cover 10 and a half, then Daniel Jones should be throwing plenty in this game. And if that's the case against the secondary, he should be able to go over 280 combined with his rushing yards because you look at his rushing yards so far this season, first four weeks, 27, 95, 39, 27, had nine and four and five and six, and then back to 28 last week. So 279 and a half. I think that's an over for me. At right, minus so you part, 115. You partially touched on where I go. If I play anything in this game, I'm playing Danny Dimes rushing yards over 22 and a half. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, like you said, 27, 95, 39, 27, nine against Dallas got hurt in that game yep. early. So it's really just the four in four rushing yards in week six against the Rams where he 
no-showed, but they were down so big. I am surprised he didn't scramble, but 38-11 final in that one. Threw it 51 times, so he was just slinging the ball from behind. Um, but I am surprised he didn't scramble in that game. And then comes back with 8 for 28 against Carolina last week. Chiefs, bad run defense. Um, Daniel Jones, over 22 and a half rushing yards, is the one thing that I have my eye on if I make a play in this game and, and not be done with yep. week eight. That would be it. Went over two on player props on Sunday. Felt great about both of them. Considered Damian Harris. Considered Damian Harris rushing, which got there, didn't play it because there wasn't enough of an edge in my mind. Um, so yeah, Daniel Jones rushing prop would be my play on Monday. Yeah, yeah. So the rushing, you know, is, is totally fine. Uh, I, I'm definitely going to be playing the uh, pass rushing yards over 279 and a half. I like that at minus 115. Not really getting a lot of juice on either side there. Um, and then maybe even like completions for Daniel Jones that over 21 and a half, like we keep saying how bad this secondary has been. If we think he's going to be <clears throat> throwing a lot in this one and you look at his completions, he's been over that number in every single week, except one. And that was a game he got hurt in, in Dallas. So over 21 and a half for Daniel Jones for a, a number that he's hit in uh, six of the seven weeks. That looks pretty good to me <laughs> over 21 and a half. Uh, I think that's a play that I'll be taking a look at as well. And then <clears throat> in terms of like wide receiver props, uh, I definitely want to know if Sterling Shepard is active or not, because you might be able to get some of that value on some of the other guys. If he is out, uh, he's not listed on the board right now, really. Yeah. He's not on the board really at all uh, because he's still questionable, but that might be something I would be looking at too, as well for the rest of the giants um, receivers, if he's listed out. Uh, ideally it'd be great if Shepard was active in this one, but that's something I think just to keep an eye on too, as well. Fair. I'm not, I, I have nothing outside of Jones, but that's where we're at. All right. Let's take a uh, uh, look at the rest of the week for week nine, a little bit here. Let's start with that Jets Colts game. Um, we're going to go, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're getting way ahead of ourselves. Before we do that, why don't we get some insight from behind the book, Steve? That's a good idea. A smart person to talk to would be Johnny Avello, especially after we got mocked last week. Well, I'll tell you we one thing. I'll willy nilly. I'm going to tell, tell you something. When we talk to Johnny Avello, I'm going to tell him that we're not friends this week. I'll, I'll straight up I'll tell him. I of don't course, care. And of course, like, this is the, of course, this is the week that we will be meeting Johnny in person out in New Jersey for the uh, sports betting national championships. And um, yeah, I mean, Johnny's going to have to take us out for dinner or something because we have no money. No, that's I'll just tell him straight it. to his face. I'll tell him straight to his face. Yep. All right. Odds are with Johnny Avello. Here we go. All right, everybody. is It is an unreasonable odds Monday here at uh, DraftKings, which means we get Mr. Johnny Avello here for odds are with Johnny Avello. Johnny, how are we doing? I'm uh, doing real well, guys. Thank you much. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sure you are. I imagine the public got bashed in NFL Week 8, uh, Steve and I included. Underdogs crushed it. Um, and we'll get, to, we'll get to Sunday later. But it started with the Packers moving all, all the way to six, six and a half, winning outright in Arizona on Thursday night football. How was the result on just Thursday night football alone for the book? Well, before I get into that, Julian, you know, you mentioned, sure, everything's good, but I still had a smile on my face when we got crushed two or three weeks <laughs> in a row, too. Yes, so, you know, I, 
things don't change with me because I realize it's about time. Um, so yeah, we did have a good week, but let's talk about the Packer game a little bit. We were on the plus side, but that doesn't mean there wasn't a fair amount of support on the Packers. Uh, when you have players like Devontae Adams and, you know, Alan Lazard out, it should make a difference. But I guess if you can catch a football, that's sufficient enough with the accuracy of Rogers. So I think you, myself, and Steve could play wide receiver and catch a few <laughs> balls with Rogers at the helm. I don't think oh, no that doubt. would work very well, but I was on yeah. the Packers on Thursday, so that's fine. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's shift over to Sunday, which was just, you know, brutal day for the public as dogs went eight and five against the spread seven of them winning outright, including the absolutely insane collapse by the Bengals up against the Jets. I assume the Jets were uh, the biggest moneymaker for the book here. And then uh, just how about some of the other uh, underdog outright results? Well, the Bucks were actually the biggest win for us and the second biggest handle of the day. Uh, the Jets were right behind that one in regards to profit, knocking out just about everything that could possibly associated with the, with the game. Um, the Cowboys-Vikes game was one of the biggest handles of the day, and we did well on that along with the Dolphins and the Pats both covering. Um, now, when thinking about it, you know, the AFC was actually a good conference for us this week. <laughs> All right. Shifting to Monday Night Football really quick. Kansas City, we spoke about it last week, I think, initially – a 13-point favorite before they went down that embarrassing loss to Tennessee. Still a double-digit spread here. Um, you know, as down as the Chiefs are, you host the Giants on Monday Night Football. That's a pretty cushy spot to, to bounce back. So are you expecting some late movement here on, on Mahomes and the Chiefs prior to kickoff? It does appear that the betters want to give the Chiefs another go at this. Uh, we open this up 13 it went as low as nine and a half, and now it's inching back up. And with the Chiefs at home, I expect that maybe 11 will show up because we're at 10 and a half now, so I could see another tick up. Yeah, talking about some of the line movements there for Thursday night football coming up this week, the Colts were minus 14 on the look-ahead line going up against the Jets. They had that wild overtime loss to the Titans in the division while the Jets pulled off that massive upset with household name Mike White. At quarterback, uh, they're now showing at minus 10 and a half on the board. Uh, do you expect some more movement here? Because we've seen quite a bit here since uh, that look ahead line opened up. Uh, that's a tough call, Steve, with the Jet team that's near the bottom of the league, both offensively and defensively. You mentioned Mike White, 37 of 45, over 400 yards. He looked like that Mike White from the Western Kentucky days. Uh, yeah, I think he did have a 400-something yard passing game there, too. So uh, the answer to this is probably not. Uh, you know, I, I think that the line's pretty solid right now. And uh, maybe, you know, the, that's a lot of points to give a, a team that maybe feels that they can hang around a little bit now. The Jets are 100% better with Mike White than Zach Wilson. I'll mm. tell you that. Um, all right. Sticking with you, this all kind of works in a circle here. We're talking about the same teams that have been playing each other. The Titans now. 
the win for them gave them what at the time it felt like kind of an insurmountable division lead over the Colts. You get both head to heads against them. You get this one in overtime on the road. Like the division feels like it's all Tennessee. Now we hear about the Derrick Henry injury, which running backs, you, you know, you don't want to value too much, but I assume Derrick Henry has to be the most valued running back in the NFL when it comes to two point spreads. Um, so first of all, I just looked on DraftKings Sportsbook. Tennessee is minus 2,000 to win the AFC South, and Derrick Henry goes, goes down. Um, what does this mean for, for the division odds, for the future odds for Tennessee first in terms of the, the Henry injury? You know, that's a big, big hit for the Titans. Uh, you know, I thought the Titans, looking at this team, the way they were playing, really might have a shot at to win the whole thing. It's going to be real difficult now, but Titans are still comfortable in the AFC South with a three-game lead over the Colts, who you mentioned they beat twice. Um, the Jags and Texans have no shot, and they have to play <laughs> right. the Texans two more times. Um, and, but they have about four competitive games left in this division. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's over. And you mentioned they're 1-20, to so I, I feel that's, you know, I think it's safe. All right, so – Secondly here, let's talk about this Sunday night football because we it's been a big NFL news Monday so far. Derrick Henry down, the Sunday night football opponent for the ten, for Tennessee going out to LA to face the Rams. The Rams go all in on this year, make another big ad, get Vaughn Miller onto that defense who's going to play on Sunday night football. I don't know how much he'll contribute in his first game, but he's going to be on the field. He wasn't on the field for the Broncos recently. Um, what is, what is all this kind of combined to mean for Sunday night football? The Rams were six and a half point home favorites. We saw it move to seven. We see it now at seven and a half. We, we never really get news like this. It feels like early in the week in the NFL, it feels more like an NBA line movement here with a trade for a guy and a guy with a foot injury. Like, uh, this is a unique NFL game, I feel like. What does all this mean for Sunday Night Football? Man, I'll tell you, what you don't see a trade like this usually yeah. at this time during the season. So the Rams just keep making some moves and keep putting their, themselves in a better position to win this whole thing. Um, you know, I feel bad for a guy like Goff, who actually was with a good team and got traded to the worst team in football. So, uh you know, but a team just have to keep improving and uh, making themselves better, and the Rams have done that. Uh, I don't know. This game, I, I think it, the, the line's positioned correctly right now, um, and it is, a, you know, it is a competitive game. How much – I want to follow up real quick, Steve. What, yeah. how, how many points is Derrick Henry worth to a point spread in, in your mind? Because I know the running back position is just plug and play, but if there's a guy that seems to have the most value, it's a guy like Henry. I think he's worth uh, I think he's worth three points to this team. Okay. Um, and that's a lot for a non yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, Devontae really... Adams looked like he was worth three on Thursday night football and then proved that it almost didn't matter with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, like you said, but this is a little different. It is, this is a lot different. Um, you cannot replace the, the running back that easily. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers can, like I said, he can replace, he can make average receivers you know, uh, better than average receivers. And, but you can't do that with a running back. This Derrick Henry's right. been a solid guy for many years. He's your go-to guy. You need a yard or two. So now we need a yard or two. What do you do? You depend on the quarterback to roll out or make a keep throw. So yeah, it's a big deal here. 
All right. What? Sorry, Steve. I'm, I'm taking a question. One more follow-up here. Um, did I miss – so did this one open six-and-a-half Sunday night football or did I miss an earlier number? It did. Well, how about four-and-a-half? Oh, okay. So I already missed the numbers. When was four-and-a-half? Uh, was... It was probably after you looked to bet it. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so my question was going to be, does this one get all the way up to, to eight and a half or so if Henry's worth the three points, but it sounds like we've already got those three points accounted for. I think so. I think seven and a half is the, the number. I think it'll just hang around there now. All right. Fair you enough. missed the boat is basically saying in a very nice way. Um, <laughs> looking ahead to the rest of the, the week nine board, uh, which games have taken the most money so far? We've seen some numbers uh, move, you know, even this morning uh, rather quickly. So I'd uh, be really, I'd uh, love to hear about which game has taken the most money so far. Well, the Eagles at home versus the Chargers, uh, you know, Chargers at home has been a popular early side. Also, the Pats at the Panthers has drawn some money. That line's moved from one and a half Pats to three and a half. Uh, Cowboy game is moving, uh, you know, with the Broncos. Dak, uh, you know, Dak's expected to return. Um, and so the Bills, another one is the Bills will continue to move against the Jags. And the, and Miami at home against the Texans will probably not stay at seven. That's another one I can see probably going up a little bit so. That's a few early ones that I keep my eye on. What if Tyrod Taylor plays for Houston? Does that then stay around seven, you think? Uh, Still going up? No, that sure that, that kind of helps the cause a little bit. Um, you know, if if they if they get uh, Watson in there, that'll surely change. The <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to open up a line that Watson will not play on Sunday, I would love some of that action. Um, <laughs> well, you know, they decided to keep him now, so I don't know have. what the overall plan is. All right. Well, watch out. That would uh, and it be it being against Miami. Maybe they want to showcase him to my to the Dolphins there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> last week we talked some quick college football. I gave out a, a trend that if you had been if you had been betting against Clemson on the first quarter, first half full game spreads and under for first quarter, first half full games, you were hitting over 90% of your bets. Last week, FSU and the under were both the right sides. It was done. And then we have an all-time bad beat. One of these million backwards laterals that winds up in the end zone with Clemson falling on it on triple zeros. Flips every result. Clemson then wins by 10 on a nine and a half closing number. The game goes over the 47 and a half on that final play. Um, what was the result here for the book? Number one and number two off the top of your head. Can you remember the last one that went that bad that late to not to flip both the spread and the total? Cause I, I don't remember when one of those happened. Well, first of all, Julian, I want to thank you for touting that. And, uh, and make, <laughs> making a DK sports book a little money. Uh, but no, real serious, <laughs> seriously, nothing really surprises It was surprises the right me. side. It was the right side. Wrong result. Nothing really surprises me. I've seen, you know, when I think I've seen it all, I actually haven't. Uh, so there was, you know, some play on it. Uh, and it, you know, people did follow the trend a little bit. But to be honest with you, there wasn't enough to write a book about. All right, switching over to the World Series. The Astros just won't seem to go away in the postseason. Uh, this time down 4 nothing early 
in a road elimination game, and they somehow still find a way to get this series back to Houston for game six starting tomorrow. Uh, is the book still rooting for the Braves here with all the Astros futures now that we're heading into game six? You would think that that early slam would have taken the air out of the Astros. That's it. I mean, I'm thinking, okay, this is it. Uh, Braves ending this thing tonight, but not this bunch. Uh, they're going to claw to the very end. And yep. as far you know, as far as uh, you know, the exposure goes of where we stand, um, yes, there's some exposure, but it's really not that horrible anymore because we've had time to build up the pot. We've had time to balance out, you know, a, a World Series, uh, you know, uh, matchup, and so uh, it's okay now. It's all right. It's let's let's just enjoy the last two games, or one one or two games, I should say. Right. One. <laughs> <laughs> really? All right. There's a, there's a prediction for you. Um, all right. couple quick hoops questions before we get out of here. Um, NBA, we got the Heat, Bulls, Jazz, and surprisingly, the Washington Wizards, all five and one against the spread so far. Western Conference champs, Suns, a little bit of the hangover there, losing the NBA Finals, one and four ATS. Lakers, two and five ATS. Are, is, does that kind of line up with the teams who are helping and hurting the, the book the most so far? And if not, who has been? So, so far, um, you know, that has, all that has helped us. The Bulls, the Bulls were getting a big push before the season started. So yeah. they are being back daily. Um, besides all those other teams you mentioned, uh, Charlotte has helped us. They're five and two straight up and against the number. Uh, and the Celtics have helped us because they have just been terrible so far. I was on the Celtics Saturday night. That was a perfect bounce back spot. <laughs> Up six in overtime. Get it done. I used to co I covered the Celtics for a few years, Johnny. Ime Udoka. I tried to give him some time. I'm out on him. Bad rotations. Bad everything. I'm out. Um, <laughs> they're going to beat the Bulls at home tonight now. Watch. Um, all right. College hoops. Right around the corner, um, waiting for those early numbers to pop up. Kentucky, I love this event The when those four teams get together um, in the – what's it called? We don't know what it's called, but they four, the same four teams play on a Tuesday night every year. Kentucky's going to beat Duke this year. I'm waiting for that number to pop up. But for now, we have the futures market. So which teams, Johnny, have been taking the most money in the college hoops futures markets? Uh, the Zags have been popular again. Uh, you know, they've, they have been for Heavy favorites. What, three years running now. Um, but Michigan, Texas, Duke, uh, they're all popular in the early going. Uh, and, there's, you know, there's a lot of great value out there this year. Some of the some of those named teams that we all believe will be in the mix, you can get some double digit odds on some of them this year. And in some cases, more than 20. So um, things will tighten up a little bit. But right now it looks to be fairly wide open. All right. It's going to be that kind of year in college basketball. Um, that is odds are with Johnny Avello. Johnny, thank you for being with us. And we will probably see you Friday this weekend in, uh, in New Jersey sports betting national championships being put on by DraftKings. So we will see you there, sir. Look forward to seeing you guys then have a good week. You too. You too, man. Talk to you then. Thanks.
All right, so that was Odds Are with Johnny Avello. Always good to get some uh, special insight into the DraftKings Sportsbook. We had a great week eight, but whatever. <laughs> we're going to go on and talk about week nine. That's where things turn around. That's where we start making our money back again. In week nine, uh, we like this board. I do this like it. I hope it's for real. It has to be for real. Like, I, I've... I've been cold for a few weeks in when as it well, comes to NFL. So well, to to be fair, like we we didn't like week seven, we didn't really like week eight because even last week we were saying you know we were talking about how much we didn't like right. week seven. We almost wish we had week seven again. This is a much more attractive board for week nine, so we're gonna make some money this week. That's that's the positive mentality you need to have going into these weeks. We we had a bad attitude last week and we had a bad week last week. So now positivity. All right, Julian, get that on a T-shirt. Positivity. I'm ready. All right. I'm ready for this week. Um, We're not- going to be in New Jersey at the sports betting national championships. There's no better week for us to have a week than this right. week. Right. And this is the week to have a week. Uh, not uh, not many big favorites this week, too, which is nice. The Good. the Bills are, are the obvious answer, uh, the obvious one here against the Jaguars. Once again, minus 14 on the board as road uh, favorites, uh, no less, going against the Jaguars. But other than that, it's basically a touchdown or less board. And those are the boards we like Except for see. Dallas that moved. Dallas uh, eight and a half now. Oh, that is correct. Yep, you are over correct. The, over a touchdown there. But yep. still within that number where if you wanted to tease them, you get them inside a field goal to two and a half. Hey, hey, hey. Good teaser week this week. We're back, baby. The teasers will be back in full force this week. Uh, where, where do you want to start here? Uh, I know you already have some interest in the road Patriots who have moved from one and a half to minus three and a half. Still at a good number, in my opinion, uh, up against the Panthers who just really uh, have taken an absolute 180 since uh really since week four uh even in a good matchup last week where we thought this could be the bounce back for the panthers did not look good again last week the patriots really starting to look like uh they're they're in sync they're clicking on all cylinders nice win against the chargers too last week uh yesterday i should say in a a matchup that i didn't think that they really had much of a chance in they hung out through the whole game then they pulled off the win uh so minus three and a half for the road patriots who are much better on the road than they are at home by the way yeah, apparently. I don't know why that is the, the case so far, but it is. Um, yeah, I was looking at this one. I, see, I thought that the Patriots would do well against the Chargers. I did not take a money line. I'm mad at myself. I did when they gave up the first score of the game. I took the plus seven and a half live. Um, yep. That was one I didn't have time to get on Twitter. I was getting ready to go out trick-or-treating with the sun. Um, very important. Yes, very important, but not not enough so that I didn't have time to go make a live wager on Patriots. Um, <laughs> it was a good spot. So like, I think this is, I think this is where the Patriots start to make up some lost ground here and gain a little bit of momentum. Yep. And how did they win that game? They won on defense. Who can they confuse? And do they know well on defense, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold. <laughs> and an offense that has really come undone. So I think once again, the Patriots are going to win this game on defense Carolina's defensive numbers are pretty good. Stefan Gilmore had the game-winning interception um, yesterday. Yep. He'll be ready to go against his former squad. Um, and I think the Patriots will be ready to go against him. So Damian Harris has been great the last few weeks on the ground. I think that's where you attack here, and you can hopefully make some things happen through the air. Um, but I was eyeballing I was eyeballing that one-and-a-half look-ahead line. I didn't make it there. Um 
I did bet this at minus three on, on Monday morning. I'm, I'm already getting in on things NFL wise um, now three and a half. So if you can get this like minus 120 at minus three, that's a play for me. Um, yep. I think the Patriots keep building some momentum here. And, and one thing worth mentioning too, and I think that it's going to be worth getting on this line early, uh, even though there's already been, you know, a two point movement in this one there, it's not a guarantee that Sam Darnold plays in this game either. He had that concussion, oh, right. the concussion. in the fourth quarter. Right. So, you know, would you take minus three and a half of the Patriots against PJ Walker? You're damn right. You would. So you know, Walker's this, not bad, but no, he's not bad. But you know, if, if you had to compare the two and this is not, you know, a great comparison, I kind of want Darnold to play. I'm being honest. I absolutely want Darnold <laughs> to play. I absolutely want Darnold to play, but I would still feel great about having minus three and a half of the Patriots. If it ends up being PJ Walker, right. Is what I'm saying. So I want the Patriots no matter what. Yeah, of course. Of course, what I'm saying. Uh, but that but that's just another layer in that line, too, as well. Um, I think this this line continues to move a little bit, too, throughout the week. Obviously, if there's news that comes out, this will most certainly move after that. Uh, but minus three and a half. I still don't think you're too late on this, but I would get definitely get this sooner rather than later. Um, I would not wait around on that line. We talk about getting some of the value on the line early. Uh, some people have already done that, clearly. <laughs> but uh, I still think there, this is worth taking at minus three and a half. Uh, I just want to point out real quick, too, uh, I'm I'm curious on your take on this one. So, obviously, uh, we still need to see the Giants tonight. They're facing the Raiders um, at home this week on three-and-a-half, three-point dogs in that one. You were obviously somebody that is invested in the Raiders not doing well. I think they've actually played better without Gruden in the mix. We expected them to kind of maybe take Mm -hmm. a turn for the worse. Um, It's gone the opposite way. So, this is an interesting line for me for the Raiders on the road at minus three. Uh, feels like an attractive line, but if it just feels a little bit off. Like I like they should be more than three against the Giants, or maybe it's just, it's just more of how they want people want to see how they look tonight. What do you think? Yeah, short week, and the Giants don't do very well against the spread at home. Um, I'm always wrong on the Raiders. Like this is a stay away game <laughs> for me. I can never get the Raiders right. The number yeah. is a little fishy. It feels like Raiders minus three is a pretty good value, right? Um, the way that they're playing, um, which generally means you take the Giants plus three here. But like if this, if this was the same spot for the Panthers last week, and the Giants yeah. beat one like twenty-five to three, right? I don't know. I, I have no interest in in this one. Well, give us a game you're interested in then. Well, let, let, let's take, let's take I mean, that. look, so the Patriots are the straight spread, I bet, at minus three. Now yeah. I think there's three to four teaser pieces, really. And I'm not, I haven't touched the Monday night one. Like, the way that Steelers defense looks, going against somebody like Fields on the road on Monday night football, the Steelers at six and a half should probably be a teaser piece, right? Uh, I, I, I loved Fields yesterday. He looked good last week. I keep saying last yeah. week, yesterday. Against San Francisco. Yeah, you did. Here, here's, the, here's the thing that I, I just can't get over. is like the Steelers just cannot score. Like, and, yeah. and are, are the Bears really bad, that bad defensively? Like, I, don't, I wouldn't say so. But Matt Nagy, you know, Matt, Matt Nagy, Jesus, Matt Nagy should be back for this game. Is that a good, that's, that's probably a detriment, them. right? Yep. Yep. I don't, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steer clear of that one for now. So three teaser legs. Uh, and I'm going to me- mix and match these different ways. And of course, sprinkle on the three teamer. Yeah. Miami dolphins minus seven against Houston. You heard Johnny say, no matter who's at quarterback, he thinks that one's going up. So this is an early week play. Yep. Um, this is where it gets interesting. Like 
So I'm going to tease Miami with the Rams on Sunday night yeah. football. I love the Rams and I bet the Rams. I put it out on Twitter. I bet the Rams earlier at six and a half. I, I didn't get the good number four and a half, like Johnny said, but getting through getting six and a half instead of seven, seven and a half is a big deal. So I have yeah. the Rams minus six and a half already, but I'm going to do the teaser Rams and uh, Dolphins. Now, the other curious one here is the Ravens, who are minus five, who you lose a little bit of value on if you tease because you get them to plus one and you don't right. want to tease through zero. That's a rule. So when I give out these, these parlays, so like, look, let's see. A Miami, where the heck's Miami? A Miami and Rams money line parlay is minus 147. Yep. We're going to tease them at minus 120. Yep. Now I'm not going to tease the Rams and Ravens. We're just going to do a money line parlay that is minus 118. So a little bit better on the juice and we don't need to lay the point, point and a half with the Rams. You just need them to win. So that's a money line parlay. If you do it the other way, Baltimore and Miami, if I can find them. Now we're looking at minus 112 on the money line parlay. So better than the minus 120. So in Baltimore's case, it gives me a money line parlay piece this week. But those are the three teams that I'm going to get in all types of combinations with. You can find the specific plays in my NFL Best Bets article, which I'm going to do my very best to get up today on Monday, November 1st, because I think it warrants it this week. Are you concerned about how flat the Ravens looked last week, though, against Cincinnati? <clears throat> I'm sorry, the last time they played? Yep. Uh, no. So the Ravens generally don't do well the week before the bye under Harbaugh, under Harbaugh. I don't know why. Um, so they let down against Cincinnati, then they get the bye. Now they host the Vikings, the Vikings. I don't think the Vikings have a bounce back in. They're gutless. They're poorly coached. Kirk Cousins. Like, I don't know if he knows that you're allowed to throw the ball past the line of scrimmage or past the first <laughs> down the game. Like he's checking these balls down that are ridiculous. Like I'm, after watching that game, and I'm, I'm not – I don't think I'm being bitter here about a Vikings loss. Like, they just don't have it. Um, yeah. So, going to Baltimore with Baltimore off a loss, off the bye. Harbaugh is 9-5 and five against the spread out of the bye. I don't have his win-loss record, but I'd imagine it's even better than that. Um, so, this is a Ravens off a loss, off a bye at home hosting a team that just got pants on national television. Yeah. Um, I know you're supposed to maybe go for the bounce back here for Minnesota, but I just way more strongly believe that in, in Baltimore's ability to bounce back. And also that Minnesota just might not even have to bounce back after that. The only concern I have with the Ravens in this one is that the, the one thing the Vikings have done well is against the run, like in four of the seven games that they've played, uh, opposing teams have rushed uh, no more than 88 yards in mm -hmm. four of those seven games. And it's against the Cardinals, the Seahawks, Panthers, and Cowboys. Those are the teams that have gone 88 yards or less. The teams that have gone over are the Lions, which is, you know, seems strange. Uh, the Browns with, with Chubb and Hunt, both active in that one. And the Bengals in week one with, with, with Joe Mixon. Um, now, obviously, there is some elite running with Lamar Jackson, but, you know, they're, they're really struggling at, at, the, at the RB position. So, you know, Jackson will be able to run against this team, but what about the rest of the team? That's where I get a little hung up on. Um, and, you know, you mentioned that the, the Ravens are, you know, don't perform well on the week before the bye. Lamar Jackson's passing, at least against the Bengals, just seems so flat. Like, that was, like, probably one of the worst performances um, with the eyeball test that he looked at 
last mm-hmm. week. So I'm just I, I'm not as uh, uh, convinced that the Ravens will be able to cover in this spot as you are. Obviously, it's at a little bit of a wonky number at minus five for the Ravens at home. But well, I'm just taking them out. I'm taking these three teams all outright, essentially. OK, these are my three. These are my three winners. This is where like picking sides with the number in the NFL is tough. Um, so call the teasers cheap, call them whatever you want, but these are a betting option. You're supposed to bet and win money. So I'm going to try and get by on these three teams winning this week. This is going to be where my big bets, my exposure is, and I'm not going to try and get cute by adding anything. Like I don't need Sunday to roll around and decide that I like, uh, the Raiders minus three (laughs) for a perfect example, not adding that on Sunday. I'm sticking to these strong spots and uh, rolling with them. My, I, now, I do like the Patriots. I, I have taken a position aside on Patriots minus three, but it's probably going to be that spread and these uh, these three other ones teased, money line parlayed. Yeah, I think I'm going to be, um, uh, for my teaser, I'm probably going to be rolling with Cowboys, getting them down to minus two and a half, and then Rams getting them down to minus one and a half. Um, yeah. o- open to changing that, but if there's anything that won't uh-huh. change, it's that Rams minus seven and a half. That's just, that's just. You're going to play the spread. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Most definitely. Uh, most definitely. That's, that's going to be something that's not going to change. I mean, and uh, the Titans are off. The Titans are off a beat down of Kansas city, an overtime divisional road win against the Colts to go up three games in the division, trying to spend all week figuring out how to re- replace Henry, which is impossible, but like plug the stop gap. Yep. And then go to and then travel to LA, primetime game, Von Miller debut. Like, it seems tough. It does. It does. So and the, I think so that... my, the only question is, and maybe I'll get the Cowboys involved in some way because the Broncos selling off on Von Miller is telling yeah. that they're in a Chiefs down year, that they're just kind of giving up right. hope. Um, so I do like Dallas, um, you're out on, I know, you, you know, we're laying a touchdown with a one win team in Miami. Yeah. Um, yep. so that's a stay away one for you. Um, I, I, I just don't like, I just don't like them right now. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not high on them. Like I get nobody's it. Like high, I, nobody's I, high on them. They should be zero and eight. Yeah. Right. I know. I know. Um, I, I, I have to think on that one too. And you know, what's actually funny too, about the, the, the Broncos, you know, essentially giving up too. this is also after, uh, a, another Chargers loss, mm-hmm. you know, like, so that really is telling too, because you know, that's, uh, you know, the chiefs a, a down year for the chiefs. So the Chargers now lost two in a row. Like that's that, that division's still pretty open and they're, and they're already kind of waving. And you traded for Teddy Bridgewater to pay over, over drew Locke. So like, yeah. Why give yep. up now? Kind of right. weird, but it is strange. But they, um, but yeah, I, I, I have to, I have to mull that one over with, um, with the, uh, with the, what should be an over eight team. Fair enough. Um, all right, so those are my plays for week nine. Steve gave out a couple plays. We will get back to you on Friday with potentially adding some plays, confirming some plays, um, yeah. and we are Friday this week. We will be on site um, at the Sports Betting National Championships put on by DraftKings in New Jersey. Um, we will have hopefully some guests or guests from VSIN. We will have hopefully some communication with Johnny Avello while we're at the event. We will have all types of other coverage from the event. 
Um, as usual, you want to follow Steve on Twitter at sbcannon24. You want to follow me on Twitter at Julian Edlow. You want to follow the podcast on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd. Uh, and we are going to have later in the week, and this might even be before you hear from us on Friday, but we are going to be giving away more free bets on DraftKings Sportsbook this week. I had um, some confirmation of that just when we started recording. So you want to keep an eye later in the week on all of our Twitters before we even get to the next episode of Unreasonable Odds um, to win some more win some more free bets. I already know. We saw one of our users that won the $50 free bet the last time we gave it out, hit a plus 3,000, I think it was, parlay. Um, oh, wow, turned, nice. Turned his 50 bucks into over $1,500 with a Packers, um, Titans, Patriots, Cowboys money line parlay. Let's go. Let's go. So win one of our free bets from the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Turn it into big money. It's easy. Yeah, That's totally all easy. I got. Totally easy. Super easy. All right. We will talk on Friday more about NFL Week 9. And, of course, go over and preview the uh, Sportsbook National Championships live from New Jersey. All right. Talk to you guys later this week.